Hey everybody, it's my favorite time of the year. It is April 20th. Me and Cheech and Chong and Johnny, we're all going to go smoke up knowledge about blockchain. It's going to be real special. It's April 20th. Whoa, whoa, what was that? Well, it's his birthday, isn't it? Whose birthday? Well, it's Hitler's birthday, but there's someone else. Hitler's Who birthday? Is- I thought it was Napoleon's birthday. No, it, well, it is, but it's also George Taki or Takai from, you remember? Sulu? Captain Sulu from Star Trek. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. So, Jim, we need blockchain thrusters to full power because we're about to go warp speed into the metaverse and potentially look at why the US dollar's reign as a world reserve currency is over. And then we're going to have a quick look at um, how blockchain technology can help create decentralized alternative social media platforms. Well, that's a mouthful. And then after the break, we've got Vivian Su joining us, um, who's a Chinese lady based out of Australia. And um, she's actually done a really interesting article talking about the missing link between Web3 and real estate and talking about how we're beginning to see real estate packaged up um, and offered out on a fractionalized basis. Also, we're seeing property being sold in the metaverse. So we're seeing physical property and virtual property, um, which is opening up a a whole new asset class for different people. But um, so that's what we got in this week's Digital Bytes. What do you reckon? I'm a radio host, damn it, not a rocket scientist. You're going to have to start (laughs) discussing this for me. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll jump into our sort of, we'll we'll, we'll have phases to stun. We don't want to hurt anyone today, but... um, We've I like the whole, oh my. <laughs> oh my. Um, there's been a lot of talk um, in the press the last couple of weeks, given what's been happening in Ukraine, um, that certain countries are potentially going to start accepting payments for commodities um, in other currencies apart from US dollars. And for those of uh, regular listeners, we, we've talked about sort of the the role of petrodollars, and we've talked about the role of the US dollar in particular as the world reserve currency. Um, And essentially, this has been the case now for um, over 100 years. But as we sort of said in the the article in this week's Digital Wise, every dog has its day. Now, this expression, we, we believe, comes from about 405 BC, when a Greek um, playwright was mauled and killed by a pack of dogs. But the analogy of this tale, you know, we, we, we believe there is a very, very strong likelihood that we are going to see the US dollar potentially be replaced. And, and, the, and the slight reference to whose people's birthdays it is today, um, not so much our friend Zulu, um, but not Zulu, Sulu, sorry, um, but certainly <laughs> Napoleon, George, Georgie boy. Oh, let's not- just go with Hitler. <laughs> but the US dollar replaced um, pound sterling really as a result of what happened um, in World War One, um, and effectively the UK became broken. The US um, was, you know, was the most powerful economy in the world, and people started using the US dollar as 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 it's like an international form of payment. But prior to that, the pound sterling had been the world reserve currency. And it replaced the French franc as a result of the Napoleonic Wars in 1850. But if you go back in time, the French franc replaced the Dutch guilder, which in turn had replaced the Spanish peseta, which in turn had replaced the Portuguese real. Now, all these different currencies had go back in time about 540 years. And the average tenure for a world currency is around about 94 years. Well, US dollar has well exceeded this. And it was interesting when we looked at what the World Bank have talked about. And they, they use this, this phrase, a tipping point. And a tipping point is reached when a country's debt to g- GDP approach, approaches 77%. So in other words, they've got, you know, more, you know, you've got three quarters of its, of its uh, GDP can be accounted for by value, by the amount of debt it has. Well, in the US, it's already at 98%. I was going to say, and we're screwed. 
well, you know, and, and the whole COVID pandemic has, has sort of brought very much to the fore the fragility of international supply chains and our dependency um, on certain countries. And we've seen over the last 20 to 30 years a sort of a, 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 a general trend to globalization, to export jobs, um, to go to the lowest area of manufacturing. And that's put a lot of deflationary pressure into the system and driven prices down. But a lot of that seems to actually be unwinding. And so the, we're really posing the question, if the US dollar is not going to be the world reserve currency, what, what could be? And th this is why we're talking about it in Digital Bytes, because Digital Bytes, whilst we touch on macroeconomic topics such as this, you know, ostensibly, it, it's really looking at how, where and why blockchain technology and digital assets are being used. And we could actually see the US dollar, some argue, being replaced by the Chinese yuan, um, you know, on the basis of the second biggest economy in the world. Um, they've probably got, what, three, nearly four times the population that the Americans have. Maybe they'll use their Belt and Road Initiative, where 146 countries are now have joined. And this is where the Chinese have paid and built for airports and bridges and motorways and, uh, you know, uh, ports, harbours. And maybe they'll start saying, look, if you want to use the infrastructure we've built in Asia, in Africa, in Latin America, in parts of Europe, you can only do so if you use the Chinese yuan. That, that may be the case, but I think it's going to be difficult at this stage to see that actually happening. So you start looking at, well, what are the other types of assets that could be used or how could it work? And we were looking at what's the value of cash that people have in their, in their wallets or in the bank or perhaps in a mattress under the bed. And, and the amount of cash in circulation globally is at around about $40 trillion. But the value of property globally, according to Savills, is $326. So if there was a way we could use property as the basis of a form of exchange, so literally you, when you pay things on, a, on your debit card or on your um, Samsung Pay or Google Pay or Apple Pay or whoever it may well be you're using, you literally are selling uh, perhaps a brick off the top of your chimney or you're selling a bit of your door frame or window because you're fractionalizing and selling parts of your property. We, we've heard um, clients in the past talk about this. We had um, TPX, you may remember, David Parsons and Anthony Albell. They, they were on a few weeks ago, James. And coming after the break, we've got Vivian Sue, and, and she's going to be talking about the, 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 the tokenization and the fractionalization ownership of property. So maybe we're going to see something like that. But it's it's interesting. The US dollar, you know, it's it's not a, um, a slight on the fact that, um, you know, the US dollar has got to be replaced. But history and 540 years of history is a fairly powerful lesson for us to look at. And whilst in the past these world central bank currencies have been replaced by um, physical strife, i.e. wars, maybe the US dollar will be replaced as a result of economic factors and the huge mountains of debt that they have continued to run up, and people will start saying, no, I'm not going to use the US dollar, I'm going to use other currencies, or I'm going to use a basket of currencies, or we can have something completely different. But we would, we would suggest that that something different will probably more than likely be in a digital format that people can move um, globally, instantaneously, um, and freely, and, and that, that has to have the characteristics of some sort of digital um, type structure. What do you reckon, James? Well, I do hope it's going to be, uh, I hope it's going to be digital because uh, I haven't carried cash in so long that when you said that there was 40 trillion in cash available, I said to myself, where? <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely going to have to go digital, but wasn't, this is what Speaking of bad people, uh, in my opinion, right? Putin's trying to move oil to be behind the, the ruble, right? Yep. So that's another wants, example wants, of... Well, he wants the ruble backed by gold. That's what he wants to try and do. Right, right. And then we have to pay for oil with ruble. Or gold. Or gold, right? You're, you're, you're breaking my heart with the U.S. dollar. It might, it might sound realistic. The U.S. dollar is going to fail. 
History doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Yes. Well, we're already seeing, though, in Saudi Arabia, as we talk about in his article, Saudi is already um, selling oil, um, but not necessarily for U.S. dollars. So, you know, I, I think it's only only inevitable that this happens. The question is, what will replace it? Um, I'm not convinced it's necessarily the Chinese digital currency, but I could see some. Maybe you'll have a basket of assets that will actually, um, you know, be back its property, its equities, its bonds, its commodities. So it'll be something. And I suggest it may well be something decentralized, James, something that doesn't have the manipulation and the control of people whose birthday is today, because we've seen, you know, I think it's a Chinese proverb, you know, power corrupts and absolute power absolutely corrupts. And I think people will, if they're going to turn to an alternative, they'll probably want to have something where there's less influence from, you know, a, 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 an individual or a government of whatever persuasion, because they'd rather have that sort of independence. But um, yeah, interest, interesting concept and obviously very relevant given the 20th of April, which is today that we're recording the show. And it was the 20th of April Digital Bytes edition that um, we sent out this morning. I would like to roll my own NFT to mint out oil. Well, you've, you've come on, James, you're, you're already issued an NFT. You're, you're ahead of the times. You, you've, we, we, must do, we must get you to do an article about what you're doing. It's fascinating. Your radio station, Cyber.fm, is, I think it was the first radio station that started paying listeners in tokens for listening. So it was a form of digital loyalty program digital loyalty scheme that that's correct isn't it correct oh my and you are in the process can i let the cat out of the bag about yeah yeah you're talking about what we did yesterday yeah and you you you're now you've now created um a series of nfts which are all part of the nft so i can have a digital version of james in my wallet apparently i've seen a few of me already and I'm looking pretty good. Looking pretty hot. I like the... Uh, uh, somebody minted out one of me with a black hat and green hair. And I said, I might have to buy that one back. But I'm looking, for, I, I wanna, I'm looking for a little red, too. <laughs> Look at a red jacket, maybe. And is this, is this new image? Is this part of your croaky voice? Is this all part of your new persona? Or have you picked up some lurgy again? I'm dying over here. I've got the Liza Minnelli sickness. Liza, Liza Liza with a Z <laughs> yeah absolutely but you got me thinking okay, about so... Sulu right with George Takai so I'm like oh my <laughs> I sound <Okay>. sexy <laughs> well I'm not sure about that I'm sure, sure he said, sounded sexy to someone but uh, I didn't realize his first name was George I used to love Star Trek it was much better than Blake 7 you probably never saw Blake 7 though, did you Bl- uh, no it was a, it was a, it was a, 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 a UK version of Star Trek, but it, it was nowhere near as, nowhere near as good. Certainly didn't have the cult following. But to talking of, what did was oh, the old Captain Kirk? He was involved in NFTs or or ICOs. Did he got involved in something like that? Didn't he, he was all yeah. Remember he William Shatner. He was all about crypto for a little while, for a hot moment in the, uh, the ICO wars of eighteen. Absolutely. Yeah, he he put his he threw his name in the hat, and the other well, the other famous um, or infamous, um, more of a sportsman was the footballer, or as you call him, soccer player, David Beckham. Um, he's he's um, heavily behind NFTs at the moment, and he has an incredible nine billion people go and look at his various social media platforms. Um, yeah, nine billion impressions a year—that's a huge number, isn't it? That's especially for Beckham. Beckham, bend it like Beckham. Bend it like Beckham. But but that that was the that was the sort of other article we did, um, and we were talking about um, how blockchain can help create some sort of decentralized alternative to social media platform, and and we were looking at sort of various different social media platforms and what are they, what are they doing, how do they operate, um, and and when you start looking into them, you sort of you know you see sort of Facebook. Twitter, YouTube, people like that. You know, Twitter uses text, you know, 100, was it 280 characters per tweet. 
Instagram is pictures, you know, YouTube is videos. And then Facebook has a mixture of all of these different things. But one thing they all seem to have done to a greater or lesser extent is, is commercialize our data. So as we're using their platforms, what they've done is, is slice and dice the information and then resell it on to advertisers. So what, what they've effectively done is build a business off of our information and we haven't necessarily overtly given our permission. And you take something like Facebook, something like 98% of their income, their revenue comes from advertising. And we are beginning to see, you know, certain social media platforms sort of fight back and say, no, no, we're going to put some money aside for our users because we make money out of your data. And I think it was LinkedIn and last September that put a, together a $25 million fund to pay users for the content that they're actually producing. But that's peanuts compared to, you know, what they actually do do. Because actually, you know, there's something like they reckon 4.4 billion people using social medias. And if you're on a on some form of social media um, website, the chance on average, I think the figure was eight, just over eight, eight different types of media accounts you've got. So you've got Twitter, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Facebook, you've got, you know, Telegram, all sorts. And what we're looking at potentially here in this article is how could you use blockchain technology and in particular self-sovereign identity so that you start taking control back of your data because the problem is if you start having completely decentralized social media platforms i not controlled what happens when someone puts some sort of hate speech or something that you know we would i don't know something completely inappropriate with animals or children or vulnerable people or you know some sort of anti-sexist or celebration of hitler's birthday celebration of hitler's well nothing come on zulu go he's he's a good lad there's nothing wrong with him (laughs) old georgian boy um who's going to take it down who's going to control it um you know new york times claim facebook has been a disaster for the world how much longer are we going to allow its platform to ferment hatred and undermine democracy well at least to be fair facebook are doing things about this and taking down sites that are brought to their attention. But in a decentralized social media and platform, you do have that problem of how are you going to actually address that and how are you going to get rid of the sort of fake news? But what you could see is the use of blockchain technology and smart contracts to, to automatically filter out and say, okay, well, here's a list of things that we are not happy with, or um, there's some sort of um, automation which brings in some sort of oversight and then it's taken away from a, a small committee of one or two people and potentially put to, to, to some sort of more of a vote of the community. Well, you know, we don't particularly like jokes about, you know, dogs or we don't like jokes about, you know, vulnerable people. And whereas there's other people, maybe they want to have a small little group and they just want to be nasty about, you know, me being in the kennel house again and something wrong with my dog or something. I, I don't know. But just, just see what I mean, how you can start using the technology to actually improve some of the challenges that the existing social media sites, because you'd actually give the money or you'd give the use of the data back to the users and they would get the economic benefit rather than it going to a, uh, the shareholders of some of these huge tech companies, which has been the case to date. You know, the problem with these social media platforms, though, as Twitter has demonstrated, uh giving up that power and giving up that data means giving up the money. Yeah. And that's, that's your speed bump. Yeah. Well, and and then who, what's the incentive? Who's going to, who's going to into the development and the running costs and everything like that. If there's no central money, where's, where's it coming from? But there is, we shouldn't underestimate the, the interest and, I think the momentum behind decentralization and you know, people, people more and more are questioning, well, who has got my data and what are they doing with it? And, 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 you know, we, we, in, in the, in the, in the other article that we talk about the importance of self-sovereignty for an open metaverse. And I know there's still the majority of people are saying, what, why do I need a metaverse? 
why do I need to have a virtual world? Well, I can promise you, you know, the number of people or organizations that are now spending serious money on aligning their presence and being in the metaverse. Um, you know, Citibank have issued a report and they claim that only in 2030, the metaverse could be worth up to $13 trillion. And they, they've actually done a really, I, 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 well, it, it was an interesting report. I did wade through it. Um, and they were looking at the use cases in the metaverse and um, they were looking at how they believe that um, you can have over 5 billion users. And it, it's not just going to be um, for, for sort of, you know, online gaming. Um, it's going to be for smart manufacturing, healthcare, education, um, advertising, different virtual communities. And I was talking to someone yesterday and they were saying that a very well-known consulting company, um, they now actually put their um, new graduates and new joiners through a six-week induction process. And it's almost entirely run um, on, on the metaverse because they're saying um, that actually the metaverse as an experience, as a way of sharing information, as a way of training and communicating with new staff um, is far, far better than um, just having sort of people in a classroom. And, and they can, you know, this particular company is a global organization. They want to be able to share projects and people on a global basis. And all this is done through a metaverse. But that's all well and good. But do we want a metaverse to be the same sort of thing owned by, you know, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, Alphabet, you know, are the same old, same old companies? Or do we want to have something slightly different whereby there is more control and more influence by the people that are using it. So you know, it's weighty questions, but things which I think more and more people as they look into it and realize that actually this is a, a quite a powerful tool um, in business and, and society, the metaverse, and that self-sovereign identity, making sure you've got control of your information identity is important. Yeah, as long as we're not handing one superpower over to another one, Next thing you know, so a small decentralized DAO becomes a fang. Yes. Who's going to oversee that? Well, that's the whole thing about sort of AI and, you know, we're seeing, you know, it all, all sounds all very well and good. But then, you know, you've got these robots which are, you know, controlled and they're meant to be for the, for the greater good. But, well, who, who is, who defines what the greater good is? And the and three being... rules. Well, who made the three rules? Well, there you go. There you go. So, but after, say, coming up though after the break, we've got Vivian Sue um, from Meta EFI, and she's going to be um, talking to us, as I say, about um, the missing link between Web3 and, and real estate. So we'll be talking to her. But before we go, any, any, any further thoughts on some of those topics, James? Or you'll still think about Hitler and Napoleon and. Oh, my. Now what's funny actually is that while you're discussing real estate, you know they're saying that NFT 2.0 is about land and real estate. So I'll be curious if she says anything about that. Um, of course, in America it's April 20th, which is all about uh, special herbs. And uh, speaking of which, Snoop Dogg is using NFTs for real estate as he copied his real life mansion. And he's going to allow people to farm digital weed in the metaverse. Digital weed. This goes right in line with everything you just said. NFTs, real estate, it's April 20th. And of course, Snoop Dogg is going to allow farming of weed. Well, uh, I saw incredibly funny. If I saw, I think it was this morning, 75% of U.S. states have now legalized weed in one shape form or another i didn't realize it was as, as much as that 75 percent. that sounds right i'd say i think that i know i know people who have like a, a card that if you carry the card it says that you're allowed to have it and and if you if you farm virtual weed does that mean you get a virtual high like virtually high man not virgil as in thunderbirds there you go yeah we're back to Oh, my. Okay. 
So after the break, we'll be back with Vivian. And uh, thank you for listening to uh, Digital Bites so far. Hey, guys, we're back. It's Johnny Fry and I over at uh, Digital Bites Podcast. I'm still under the weather. I don't feel very good, but maybe I feel like uh, Johnny's favorite Barry White, right? We were doing we were doing uh, George Takai before. I was like, oh, my. I might <laughs> oh stick my. with his voice if I can keep it on purpose. <laughs> Johnny brought uh, Johnny. You you brought our friend Vivian from uh, is it Meta Efi? I forgot to ask if I'm saying that right. Or is it Meta Efi? Yeah, Meta Meta Efi. Yeah, Vivian Sue, and she's uh, dealing with the real estate Web threes with, I guess NFT. We're going to tokenize my house later, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly the NFT things. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, James. Vivian, welcome to the Digital Byte Show here on Cyber.fm. And um, also thank you because I, I know it's a little bit late. Um, it's, um, it's the 21st of April and it's about 1.30 in the afternoon UK time. Beautiful sunny day. I think it's, Aww. what time is it for you, um, uh, James? About 8.30 in the morning in, in the States. Yeah, you got me up so early. I'm, I'm only on coffee number one. Oh my goodness! Well, poor old Vivian's on <laughs> no coffee because she's about to go to bed. She's then, yeah, she's on red I'm wine number three, right? Yeah, she's on red <laughs> wine. Or yeah, something like hot chocolates. Yeah. I'm sure she's having. Um, <laughs> yeah, hot chocolate milk. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah it's nearly so bad You 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 wrote a, uh, a, a an interesting article: um, the missing link between Web three and real estate. But before we get into that, mm-hmm. be great just to get mm-hmm. a bit of background um, on on yourself and um, your, obviously a Chinese lady so I'm not sure how long you've been in Australia um I know we spoke when I was out there a couple of weeks ago but we never managed to hook up but it'd be great to just get a bit, a bit <laughs> yeah. of background and perhaps you can explain a little bit about your company Medify as well okay great thank you thank you again Johnny and uh, James thank you for having me and uh yeah I'm Vivian and I'm living in Sydney Australia uh I think I I've started in UK for six years yeah, and then you know because of that weather, <laughs> so I moved. I moved to the Australia. Well, it's raining today. It's raining today. It's sunny today. What are you talking about? Wet weather. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. So um, during the current weather, I don't think why I'm moving to Australia. I should stay in UK. <laughs> yeah. So, but I stayed uh, in Australia for nearly uh, four years, and I took my master degrees in the Sydney. And so, yeah, and luckily I'm entered into Web three area, and so our our current so our current project is called Meta EFI. So we are bringing the traditional industries to the Web three. So we started from the real estate. I know everybody just said NFTs. NFTs is about art, is about music, is about everything digital. But how can you guys do with the real estate? I got a lot of the questions about it. So, um, but you know, the NFT actually, they, it's using on the real estate industry is not new. So since 2017, the NFTs has used to selling the properties. So that is, so I think the NFTs and all the cryptos, they are, they are a lot of industries, especially the high value and the low liquidity assets are tracking, are, are attracted by the uh, blockchain technologies uh, to increase their liquidities and uh, to find a lot of more people uh, to uh, invest in, in those areas. Yeah, so that is what we are doing. And we just find the NFT is very fabulous that we can use it um, to lower the real estate investment barriers and that can have a lot of the, the more retail investors to, to enjoy, you know, the, enjoy the profit from the real estate. Yeah, that okay. is what we are doing. Yeah. Okay, so, so let, me, let me just, um, because we have a, a, a real range of, we literally have thousands of listeners and, well, Cyber.fm has got 4.6 million listeners all over the world. And I know mm-hmm. some of our regular listeners will be very comfortable with NFTs and Web3, but could, mm-hmm. an NFT is obviously a non-fungible token. Um, yeah. How would you describe um, Web3? You know, what, what do you mean by that, the missing link between Web3 and real estate? How, what, what, why is there? What, what's that all about? Okay, so 
I think Web three this this definition is just came um, lately, and I think there is no very um, serious definition about what Web three it is. But in my personal opinion, only my personal opinion, I、mm-hmm. think Web three is the future metaverse.、Okay. So I think yeah. So I think the Web two is all about、uh, internet, the e commerce and everything. And、mm-hmm. but I think. Web three is the is the human entered into metaverse and we live in the metaverse. Okay, so、yeah. so this is in your article when you talk about、um, the traditional and physical real estate. You know the houses、mm-hmm. that we live in and the the offices that we you know work in and the shops that we go to. That's physical.、Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing now are people spending money investing into virtual real estate. Exactly. Yeah.、Okay. Exactly. Okay, because we were talking. Um, James and I were talking just before the break, and James, you、mm-hmm. were saying, was it、um, not Scooby Doo? It was、um, a Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. He, he's he's selling、um, property,、um, or he's selling his what's his mansion, his house. He's so he's got the ma- he's got the mansion in the metaverse, right? And he's going to have people farm virtual weed on his property. What weed, as in? So those are the things you dig up and get out your garden if you want flowers, or the weed that you stick in a pipe and smoke. The weed that you stick in a pipe and smoke. The Mary Jane. The Mary Jane. Oh, oh my god. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Virtual、no、Mary Jane. <laughs> okay. Oh. So, so and and you 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 actually you quite correctly pointed out, Vivian. It was、um, you know with everything going on at the moment in in Russia and Ukraine, it was actually、mm-hmm. back in two thousand and seventeen. He said. Um, the,、yeah. the co-founder of a, a, a tech magazine called TechCrunch, he he actually yeah, tokenized his apartment in Kiev. Yeah, <laughs> and the、oh, Kiev, I know. Kiev, as they call Kiev. it. Yeah, and, and, Kiev. And he sold it, sold it for thirty-six ether or Ethereum. Yes. At the time. Yeah, ether. Yeah, at at that time. Yeah. Okay. But、That's、that、cool. NFT is quite tricky. I'm not. I can't say it's tricky, but it follows on a very、uh, traditional financial way. So yeah. the yeah, so they put this house into the legal property. They form a LLC in US to holding that property, and then that NFT、uh, represent the ownership of that LLC. Got it. So、okay. yeah, yeah. So I think this part is more like the you know the Aspen coin. The Aspen coin is another. I think it's a five star resort in US. And they just tokenize their shareholdings, eighteen、uh, percent of their shareholdings into the Aspen coin, and to raise funding.、Uh, I think they raised more than more than ten millions、uh, U.S. dollars. Yeah, and just using the just using the、uh, fungible coin. They use fungible coin, but or but the, this fungible coin has been has been identified as the security token. Okay, so can we can we in your article you you talk about the benefits of real estate and tokenization.、Mm-hmm. So so can you just talk us through where you see what are some of the benefits of, of using blockchain technology and 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 digital assets in the form of some sort of token? I、uh, yeah definitely. So、um, in my personal in my personal opinion, so、uh, when we tokenize the、uh, real estate. So we're tokenizing the two things.、Um, yeah, one thing is about this ownership, and another thing is about its profit. Is about the profit for this underlying asset, and、okay. for the ownership part, I have to say the ownership part is more like when we purchase the stock from the exchange. <laughs> it's more like that. It's more like that. But、um, but when this. Uh, when when these things applied to the real estate, then I really have one question: When you guys purchasing the tokenized real estate, what you are looking for? We're definitely not looking for well, um, some days I'm going to live in in that real estate because that is is not possible, <laughs> right?、Yeah. You only you only own portion of that real. You only own portion of that property, so I think most of people they are looking for the profit behind it. No matter you rent it out or you selling it out, so、okay. no matter what business activities you are doing, I can own part of the 
of this profit. So I think that is the that is the key about about the tokenization. I can use a small amount of investment and uh, to enjoy the profit behind it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So so by, by by doing fractionalization, I breaking up the property into smaller parts instead of having to mm-hmm. buy you know an apartment. Well, in Sydney, I couldn't believe how expensive property was. Millions and millions of dollars for some of the property mm-hmm. on Sydney Harbour, um, which not everyone mm-hmm. has got that sort of money. But you could have you know maybe a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars stake in a in a in that property and and what you're saying is that actually you you split the difference and instead of talking about having a share in the property you've got um a share in the profits so if the property goes up in value you make money if it goes down in value you lose money but you're you're not not actually going to go and live in that property you're not going to use it you're just going to um take the it may be income because they may be for holiday lets Okay. Yeah, and, the passive this, income we call it. Okay, and this is something you've been working with some lawyers in in Australia, I understand, and they've effectively enabled you to separate out the ownership and mm-hmm. and the actual profits. Is is that am mm-hmm. I have I, I got the right end of the stick there? Yeah, we do talk with the lawyers about these things, but I have to say, um, the crypto regulation recently is not followed with the scenario, <laughs> not followed with the updated scenario. So uh, we we are keep eye on it, um, but the current in the current regulation, there is we are we are okay. <laughs> we can we are okay with the current regulation, but we are preparing with the worst case that we are going to apply for the license about financial license. Yeah. So if one day the regulation said that the NFT is like the financial, is like the security things, then you have to be regulated. Then we are we have the well prepared for this scenario. Yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's actually really relevant to today, fun enough, because mm-hmm. we've got a number of clients in Australia and um, one of them actually sent me some information that came out today in Australia, the 21st mm-hmm. um, of April. And the mm-hmm. um, regulator, the APRA um, in, mm-hmm. in Australia, have actually come out and said that they're looking to actually um, change the laws and regulations with a view to embracing um, crypto assets, digital assets, within mm-hmm. the current regulations of securities and financial services in Australia. So we're beginning yeah. to see... Another country, um, you know, Australia has been um, arguably at the forefront. And one of the reasons I was down there, because a lot of people think, oh, yeah, Australia is the other side of the world. And, you know, they're basically a commodity driven economy or, mm. or you know, with the, obviously millions and millions of sheep and things like that. But they forget, <laughs> they, they forget that actually um, Australia's done a lot when it comes to sort of digital assets and encouragement. And this statement that's come out today once again underlines that, they see digital assets and cryptocurrencies as an important part um, of the economy going forward. So I think you're, you preparing to effectively have it regulated makes a lot of sense because they, they want to actually regulate and embrace this into, um, into the financial services sector, which is interesting. Exactly. I, but I think regulation is not regulated is not the bad thing. Actually, in the other way, I think is a positive signal because yep, the government, they, yeah, they think that is that has great opportunities and the government, they want to embrace these opportunities. And this give us a lot of the, uh, the, the sense, uh, we can prepare. So for the for, for for the government regulation, I I, I actually I like regulated. Uh, yeah, I just want to say how long how soon they can release those those regulations, and we can have the clear guide to 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 do the business. Right, and, yeah. and in in your article, you, you talked about you know you tried to have a peek into the future. Would mm-hmm. you mind sharing us sharing with the listeners some some of your thoughts on where the future might be going? I know you've talked about regulation and. Um, of digital assets, which I, I, I totally agree. It's far better to be regulated, then there's clarity, and then you'll get much more institutional support and there'll be a lot more money. But, but what, what are some of the things you, you were talking about that you think the future might hold and what you, what you found, um, obviously being a Chinese lady and talking to some Eurasian contacts? <laughs> yeah, so um, actually uh, we just mentioned about the tokenization, the real estate in the um, um, 
Johnny, you used some house near the Darling Harbor <laughs> about the residential properties. But I saw another great potential actually is from the commercial properties. So uh, we just mentioned about tokenization is that mentioned about tokenization about this future profit. Actually, in the last year, there is the, uh, you know, the fast food chain in US called the chicken and corn. I don't know whether James know that. <laughs> have you, have you, yeah. Chicken, chicken corn. Chicken corn. Chicken corn. Yeah, chicken corn. Yeah, they issued their NFTs and uh, and their NFTs cost 14,000 US dollars. And once you got uh, his this NFT and you can share uh, half of, of this franchise fee of the new restaurant opening in the US. That'd be some good chicken so, corn. Yeah, so this is this is this is the this is exciting, you know. When the you know the pandemic coming and a lot of the restaurant and a lot of the small business they are they, they just close up because there is no um no no cash flows, no mo no money to help them. And but for the NFTs, actually I can use my future profit and we just have the smart contract binding each other and I just use my maybe next 10 years profit or next 15 or or, or, or lifetime profit and to ask people to fundraising for my living and uh, I think that I think that is so great and uh, and in terms of we are some 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 days we are going to move to the metaverse <laughs> I know someone I know somebody will think that that is not true, that people will never move to the metaverse. At least I believe that. Uh, if some days we are going to move to the metaverse, then we, we cannot disconnect with, with the real world. So in somehow, this definitely these two worlds will combine each other. And in the real economies, they're still going to work like producing things, uh, like we have to eat, we have to shop um, on, the, on our real time, on our real world. But on the metaverse, that is another way of, of shopping. Like currently we have influencers, we have influencers economy, we help people, we help the brand, the brand to selling the product through the YouTube, through the TikTok. And in some house in the metaverse, there, there definitely will be another ways. And just think about if you are an architect, you have a lot of the dreamings you can't, you can't build on our earth, but you can build it on the metaverse. And mm -hmm. somehow in that metaverse, you can have, you can open the shop and that shop can mirror in our real world. Mm -hmm. So that is that is fascinating. We can live we can live in both both worlds. One world we can enjoy the aesthetic, we can enjoy all the digital things. And that doesn't and in the meantime, we can live in our real world. And we can enjoy the sunshine, we can enjoy our friendship. Those two worlds are gonna be mixed together. Yeah. Okay, and, and we're already seeing evidence of that, aren't we, Vivian? Because if you look um, last year, Decentraland, just just one of the metaverses, they they had over twenty one thousand different transactions, and people spent you know over one hundred and ten million dollars on on buying parcels of land in Decentraland. So this isn't something that might happen; it's already happening, and we can see this going on at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of the fashion brand has already entered into the metaverse. I know uh, yesterday I talked with another startup they called UXNX. I think they a partnership with Dodge Gabbana to help the Dodge Gabbana to issue the NFTs to the metaverse. Yeah, I think the 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 fashion brand they are they are they are the pioneers of to adopting the metaverse. Right. Right. So, so essentially what yeah. we're seeing then is we're seeing real, real property. Um, and you've got a project on the moment uh, at the moment, haven't you, in Sydney? You're 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 raising some money for um, is it holiday lets? Have I, have I, did I remember? I, 
Yeah, exactly. We have the, we got the land near the Hunt Valley and we are going to build a smart holiday home and which is a theme, the smart holiday home. The theme we will cooperate with a lot of the NFT art project and right. the, we got a land in the, in the sandbox. So uh, as I just said, we're going to mirroring this uh, smart holiday home to the sandbox as a gallery. So you can live in, you can come visit Australia and live in our Airbnb. <laughs> you can live in our Airbnb and interact with those NFTs, um, the, the, the NFTs art. And then you can move to the metaverse and to see the 3D art. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so you're going to have a physical building where people can go and use, as you say, Airbnb or booking.com mm-hmm. or any of those companies. And they can go and <laughs> yeah, stay yeah. in the Hunter Valley, which is a beautiful wine growing area in Australia. But you're also yeah, going to replicate that in the metaverse where people can then go and see the different art um, and different NFTs that you're um, going to be putting in, in that virtual property. Yeah, exactly. So actually, the, those NFTs will have, will call. So those NFTs will be the um, project partnership with the, uh, the real properties. Right. Right. So, Brilliant. so let, let's, yeah, so let's see where, if some days we will have the, uh, the BAYC, <laughs> the ape themed property, the, the aim themed, the ape themed, uh, the smart holiday home. And we will have a lot of the apes in the real properties. And in okay. the same times, you can go to the sandbox and to see the BAYC apes just to showcase on the, on the sandbox. Okay. Yeah, they Brilliant. are mirroring each other. Brilliant. And, and obviously, you know, if the property is being rented out, that will produce an income. And, you know, if yeah. the property then, presumably if the token holders or NFT holders want to sell it, then they can vote and it could be sold. And that's where they would get a profit. They'd get some of the income and they'd also get a share yeah. of the profits. It goes up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They will have three kind of incomes. One kind of incomes is about the uh, operating cash flows. So this yep. will be counted at daily basis. And the second part of, of benefit is about, is about when, if the land has, has the land premium and they can vote to say, we're, we're going to sell it. So mm-hmm. the land premium, so the land premium will share to each NFT holders as well. And the third layer of the profit is from the metaverse. So if any pro, if any uh, incomes come from generated from the metaverse, this will also shared with each NFT holders as well. And, and what sort? Of, how will you generate met income from the metaverse? Because you'll be displaying um, images and NFTs, and if people want to buy them, mm-hmm. then that creates a profit for the owners of the metaverse property. Uh, so that we 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 partnership with the. Uh, with the project, with partnership with the metaverse project. So that is one thing. If something, if some NFTs has been sold from the metaverse, then this profit will be uh, allocated yeah. into different parties. Definitely the metaverse project is one party and our NFT holders is another party. Brilliant, brilliant. James, what do you think about that? Because I know you love NFTs and you're, you're doing a lot on Cyber.fm with some of your disc jockeys. Um, so this is all really happening. It's not just us talking about what might it is actually happening by the sound of things i can i can one up this right now all right so on tuesday which was april 19th the cyber fm beach house opened up oh in alt space mm-hmm. and exactly what vivian just said uh we haven't even picked the grand opening date uh for the cyber fm beach house but it is actually available since tuesday you go to the beach house. You can ride wave runners on the ocean. You can ride around the beach house. You can go inside our beach house. You can play pool. You can play. You can smoke uh, cigarettes, right? <laughs> you can smoke whatever you want. You can. Uh, it's a radio. You know, it's a radio station. Beach house, party central. We're gonna have shows on the big screens. We have a waterfall that you could climb up behind and jump off of into the water. And as Vivian alluded to, all of our NFTs that we're launching are on display inside the house for your purchase right there. Wow. So that that, that wow. is real life. The, the beach house is live. Because, you know, I told you in the past, we're doing the uh, 
the Cyber FM Summer Concert Series. Yep. We made a verse for the underground. Yep. And we had to uh we had to get the beach house up and running. So it sounds exactly like right up Viv- Vivian's alley. We're gonna we're gonna find her in a back room laying out on a couch with a joint in her hand, listening to James <laughs> Tiley on, on Cyber FM. Only in the metaverse though. Just the metaverse. Just the metaverse. Just the metaverse. Uh, Just a well, exactly. Fantastic. Well, Vivian, really, really interesting. Thank you for your article. Thank you for coming on the show. Um, and it'd be great to get an update later later in this year. And I know um, there's a lot of interest um, across Asia in, in some of the different projects that you're working on. So it'd be good to sort mm-hmm. of, um, you know, ha- have a look at how that's developing. And I, I particularly was struck by this idea of separating out ownership and the profits um, and that, at the moment, that's something which I know you're working on in Australia and um, as you as you develop some of your projects. So um, we'll get you back on the air, hopefully later on this year. And you can let us know how things have been going. Yeah, just wish me luck. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Luck. And Thank if, you, Jeremy. if anyone Thank wants you, to get hold of you, what's the what's the mm-hmm. best way? Obviously, they can do mm-hmm. so through digital bikes, But if they want to get hold and know a little bit more about what you're doing, um, mm-hmm. how's the best way to get hold of you through your through your website, Meta? Uh, Meta Efi? Meta Efi. Yeah, Meta Efi. Or you can just find us on Twitter. It's Meta Efi IO. Meta, yeah. And that's, so that's M E T A, Meta. And then all same word is Efi. E F I. E F I. Yeah, E F I. E F I. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, James, yeah, that's, that's, that's been great. You know, um, we, we've, we've, covered, um, we've covered the, the, the space world of Star Trek. You know, our, our, our friend Georgie boy, and um, we've done a bit on the metaverse. NFTs keep cropping up. This is getting a bigger and bigger market. More and more money is being spent on on this sector. So we'll obviously, um, and we've got a couple of articles next week, which we're we'll looking at more depth um, of that. So thanks for getting things organised your end, and we'll look forward to listening to the rest of the show in next week's Digital Bytes um, and um, finding out more stuff that's going on in different jurisdictions to do with blockchain technology and the like. We're gonna put together a joke. We're gonna it's like Vivian, Snoop Dogg, and George Takai all walk into a beach house. Beach house. Walking behind a waterfall. Beach, <laughs> beach party. <laughs> okay. That's wonderful. Brilliant. Okay. All right. Well, we'll be back on the airs next week. And uh thanks again. And uh thank you for listening to um the Digital Byte Show here on Cyber.fm. <laughs>